When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode may contain content not suitable for some audiences, including crimes against children, mentions of suicide, descriptions of a graphic nature, and adult language at times. Listener discretion is advised. Forty-eight-year-old Heather Barnett was described as a very proud mother of two who always put her children first and ensured that they didn't miss out on anything. Her profession as a seamstress allowed Heather to work from home, where she made curtains, cushions, tablecloths and clothing pieces for her clients around Dorset. As a single mother, Heather's resources were limited, but she loved the life her little family lived. That life, however, was changed forever on Tuesday the 12th of November 2002 by a brutal crime that would forever link two women together by their stolen lives and stolen hair, despite almost 20 years and over 5,000 miles between them. You are listening to True Crime Britain. Join me, Rhiannon, each Wednesday as I tell the solved and unsolved stories of some of the most disturbing, mysterious and heartbreaking crimes committed throughout the United Kingdom. Welcome to this week's episode. Born on the 29th of August, 1954, Heather Barnett was raised in the town of Sturminster, Dorset County. The once shy and quiet girl grew up to be a feisty young woman with a sense of humour that her many friends loved. During the years in her hometown, 
Heather often worked in her father's ironmonger shop before eventually moving to the coastal resort town of Bournemouth. In her early adulthood, Heather spent time working in a vet and later in France as an au pair. After returning to England, Heather looked for her place in the world. First, working at the Knoll House as a waitress, and then in a jeweller's shop before undertaking a curtain-making course and becoming a seamstress. Eventually, Heather met a man named David Marsh, and the two quickly fell in love, married and welcomed their first child, Terry, in 1987. Four years later, in 1991, a daughter, Caitlin, was born. Heather and David's marriage, however, was not made to last, and soon after the birth of their second child, the couple separated. Following the divorce, Heather, Terry and Caitlin moved into a ground floor flat in Capstone Road. On Tuesday the 12th of November 2002, Heather woke early as usual and prepared breakfast for 14-year-old Terry and 11-year-old Caitlin before dropping them off at school. Heather returned home at around 8.30am to begin what should have been a typical day in her seaming business, with sewing and calls to her clients. Terry and Caitlin arrived home at 4pm that afternoon, expecting their mother to meet them at the door with hugs and kisses as usual. But oddly, Heather was nowhere to be seen, even though her car was in the driveway. Terry and Caitlin also found the front door unlocked, which was unusual, because even when Heather was at home, she was cautious of safety. The two siblings stepped into the home, calling for their mother, but they received no answer. Caitlin and Terry noticed that Heather's sewing machine had been knocked over, which definitely wasn't a good sign. Still, nothing could have prepared them for what they were about to witness. As they didn't find their mother anywhere else in the small flat, Caitlin eventually knocked on the closed bathroom door. Once again, there was no response, but the door was unlocked, so 11-year-old Caitlin opened it slightly, and it was then that Terry heard his sister's blood-curdling scream. Heather was lying on her back on the bathroom floor in a pool of blood, In fact, there was blood absolutely everywhere. There was no question whether or not she was dead. While Caitlin went absolutely ballistic after seeing her mother's body, Terry picked up the phone and dialed 999. Terry, I need an ambulance. I need police. Operator, I've got officers en route. What's happened? Terry, My mum has been murdered. This is not a joke. Operator. Right. Is that your mum I can hear in the background? Terry. That's my blooming sister. Operator. So where is your mother then? Terry. She's lying in the bathroom on her back. Operator. 
And what's happened to her? Terry. She's bloody had pieces cut off her, for God's sake. Operator. Right. Now who's done that? Terry. I don't know. After the call, the sibling ran out of the house in a panic, looking for help. Luckily, there across the street, neighbours Danilo Restivo and his wife Fiamma Masango were just pulling up to their home. As soon as they understood what the distraught teenagers were saying, Danilo and Fiamma led Terry and Caitlin into their home, assuring them that they were safe there while they waited for the police. When the investigators arrived at the family home, they found no signs of forced entry, indicating that 48-year-old Heather may have known her killer. Based on a trail of blood, it was believed the mother of two had been attacked in her sewing room before being dragged to the bathroom. Post-mortem examination identified 10 separate wounds to Heather's head caused by a heavy instrument, some of which had even penetrated through the skull, revealing brain tissue. Her throat had been cut from ear to ear, in addition to a shallow 24-centimetre cut vertically down the front of her abdomen. Heather's shirt had been pulled up to the level of her breasts, her bra cut between the cups, and her jeans slightly pulled down. Both of Heather's breasts had been removed with a sharp object and carefully placed on the floor by the side of her head. As the mutilations and cuts were caused with, quote, a degree of care and control, and these wounds lacked bleeding, it was believed that they were inflicted after Heather had already died. An estimation of the time of death suggested Heather had met her killer shortly after dropping her children off at school and returning home. This was reported by phone records, which showed four unanswered calls to the family home between 10.56am and 4.15pm. Curiously, the investigators also discovered strands of hair in Heather's hands. Her own hair and the hair of somebody unknown, possibly the killer. Luminal tests showed a trail of bloody shoe prints from a size 9 to 11 Nike men's trainers from the bathroom towards Heather's sewing room before they suddenly stopped at the hall beside the front door. It seemed that the killer had removed their shoes before leaving the flat. The search of the family home revealed nothing had been stolen, excluding robbery as a motive. Instead, the police came to the conclusion that Heather's murder was a premeditated ritualistic attack with a possible sexual motivation. The killer had been very careful, likely using gloves and bringing a change of clothes and a fresh pair of shoes with him. Not much evidence was left behind, no fingerprints and no murder weapon. But the investigators did find a green hand towel on a chair in Heather's sewing room. The towel was stained with Heather's blood 
and was placed in the room by the killer after the attack. It was possible that the killer brought the towel with them and used it to clean blood off his hands and other body parts before exiting the flat. There were no immediate suspects, so the police checked all registered sex offenders in the area and carried out door-to-door inquiries. All the known offenders were cleared, and nobody who had been home at the time of Heather's murder reported seeing or hearing anything abnormal. Due to the fact that it seemed Heather knew her killer and willingly let them inside her home, the police had some suspicion of her ex-husband David, but he was quickly ruled out. The investigators had hoped that DNA tests on the hair strands found in Heather's hand would lead them to a suspect, as it was believed that she had ripped them from her killer's head. However, as the results came back, it was revealed the hair strands had actually been neatly cut and belonged to another woman. At this point, the police could only speculate the meaning of the hair strands and whether or not this woman was still alive, or also a victim. One of the most important clues in the early investigation came from 14-year-old Terry. During an interview, the teenager told the police that Heather's keys had gone missing a week before her death. As she was afraid someone would find the keys or had taken them, Heather changed the locks to the family home. Terry recalled that the keys had disappeared after one of their neighbours had paid a visit to talk with Heather about a curtain order. And that neighbour was the very same person who had invited Terry and Caitlin into his home after their gruesome discovery, an Italian man named Danilo Restivo. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Four days after the murder, investigators went to speak with Danilo during their door-to-door inquiries. When asked about the shoes he was wearing on the day Heather was killed... Danilo showed the detective sergeant a pair of Nike trainers lying in the bath. While Danilo explained his shoes had been dirty and needed cleaning, the investigators couldn't help but feel a bit suspicious about the timing of him bleaching his shoes. The trainers were taken away by the police for further examination, but no connection was made to the bloody footprints. 
Nevertheless, Danilo was taken to Bournemouth Police Station on the evening of the 12th of November, where he was questioned along with his wife, Fiamma, who also served as a translator, as Danilo spoke very little English. When asked about his whereabouts at the time of Heather's murder, Danilo explained that he was on a computer course. A bus ticket with a timestamp of 8.44am seemed to support this alibi, and so did the records from the education facility, which confirmed Danilo had signed in for his computer class at 9am. With no concrete evidence to link Danilo to Heather's brutal death, he was let go. But he was placed firmly on the radar as a probable suspect. Despite all the strange details, Danilo Restivo was just seen as, quote, the local bumbling idiot. It was hard to see him as a cold-blooded, methodical killer, like Detective Superintendent Phil James described Heather's murderer, quote, You realise, it's a man that has planned to do this. It's a man who brought with him his own hammer, a man who brought with him his own knife, potentially a scalpel to undertake the mutilation. It's a man who brought with him head hair, It's a man that brought with him a change of clothing and a change of shoes, so he could change out of his blood-spattered clothes and shoes before he left. The investigators were back to the drawing board. With very few leads to go by, the police appealed to the public for any information relating to Heather's murder, offering a £10,000 reward from Crime Stoppers. By early 2003, over 100 people had been interviewed, but nothing major was uncovered. It was then that the police decided they needed to learn more about Danilo Restivo, the only person besides Heather's ex-husband that had been considered a suspect. The internet search results on Danilo's name definitely didn't reduce the police's suspicions. Quite the contrary. What they learned made this man their chief suspect. Danilo Restivo was born in Sicily on the 3rd of April, 1972. At the age of 21, he was living with his parents and his elder sister in the city of Potenza, in Basilicata. While the Restivo family were well-known and highly respected within the community, Danilo was somewhat of a social outcast. He had very few friends growing up and was often bullied by other children. It was also believed that at the age of 14, Danilo was involved in an incident where two young boys were tied up and cut with a knife in the courtyard outside a library. As he grew older, Danilo began harassing girls in the neighbourhood, attempting to arrange dates with them, claiming he had presents for them. Those who rejected him received strange phone calls in which 
Danilo would play a soundtrack to Profondo Rosso, a movie about a serial killer. Danilo often wrote about his issues with women and relationships overall in his diary and was concluded to have a strange attitude towards sex by military doctors who performed routine medical and psychological examinations. In the end, Danilo's behaviour was so alarming that he was even prohibited from enlisting. But there were two things in particular that really worried the Dorset police. The name Danilo Restivo was known to Italian authorities because he was suspected of having a habit of cutting women's hair on public transport. Many of these women didn't notice the missing strands of hair until they returned home, so it was difficult to pinpoint who was actually behind the non-consensual cutting. If Danilo really had a thing for women's hair, it could explain the hair strand in Heather Barnett's hands. Even more shocking was the fact that Danilo Restivo had been the prime suspect in the disappearance and possible murder of a young woman, 16-year-old Elisa Claps. Elisa was the youngest of three children of her tobacconist and clerk parents. She was in her third year of high school in Potenza, with ambitions of becoming a physician and working with Medicines Sans Frontiers. That dream, however, would never become a reality, as Alisa vanished without a trace one beautiful Sunday morning in September 1993. Elisa was one of those numerous women that Danilo asked for a date. The two weren't close, but Elisa knew Danilo well enough to know that he was lonely and rather depressed. Elisa even wrote in her diary about Danilo's strange behaviour. It seemed like the teenager felt sorry for the older man as she eventually agreed to meet with him. Danilo actually called Elisa, saying that he had a crush on the teenager's friend and asked to see Elisa so they could discuss pursuing tactics. On the 12th of September... Elisa had plans to eat lunch with her family at the Claps's country house. But first, she would just quickly meet Danilo outside the Church of Holy Trinity at 11.30am. But as the time passed, and Elisa still hadn't arrived for lunch, her brother Gildo, who knew about his sister's plans, called Danilo's family residence. Strangely, he was told that Danilo was out of town and had no knowledge of Elisa's whereabouts. When Gildo then headed to the church, he learned that the priest in charge, Domenico Sabia, had suddenly left, taking the only key to the upper story of the church building with him. Domenico happened to be a close friend of the Restivo family, Elisa's disappearance was reported to the police, but nobody really took the situation seriously. It took several days for the officers to finally question Danilo, 
who claimed Elisa had left the church while he stayed to pray. He also said Elisa had been harassed by a boy before entering the church. Danilo continued by saying he had then gone to Naples where he attended university. The officers found it strange that Danilo mentioned he had hurt his hand while crossing a building site, but the cut that he claimed was caused by scrap metal looked more like a cut from a knife. In the end, the Church of the Holy Trinity was searched three times, but nothing was found. But the officers didn't check every single room of the building, only the ones where Danilo said he had been with Elisa. Some witnesses said that they had seen Danilo's clothes soaked in blood, but by the time the police got their hands on them, they were already washed. While Danilo was seen as a prime suspect in Elisa's disappearance, no evidence was found to prove his involvement, and soon the case went cold. Then, in 1996, Danilo was tried for giving false information to the police about his movements on the day of Elisa's disappearance. He was sentenced to 20 months imprisonment, but because sentences of less than two years are automatically suspended, Danilo never spent a day in prison, and six years later, in May 2002, Danilo Restivo moved to England. After learning about Elisa Claps's case, Dorset police placed Danilo under round-the-clock surveillance in 2004. The officers observed him stalking women in a park, wearing clothing that really wasn't suitable for the warm weather, such as a thick sweater, waterproof over-trousers and gloves. Once, Danilo was stopped and searched by the police, where they found a change of clothing, a filleting knife, scissors, a balaclava and gloves in his car. Whilst this certainly looked like a murder kit, it was no reason for the police to arrest Danilo and he was let go. Over the next four years, a schoolgirl identified Danilo Restivo as the man who had cut her hair on a bus, and investigators found a lock of hair during a search of his home, in addition to a pair of trainers with traces of blood inside. Still, they didn't have enough to charge Danilo Restivo with Heather's murder. The blood inside the shoes couldn't be identified because the trainers had been soaked in bleach. It didn't even matter that forensic scientists were able to extract Danilo's DNA in 2006 from the green towel found in Heather's sewing room, because he simply explained that he had left the towel in his neighbour's home on the 6th of November when he visited Heather to speak about the curtains. It wasn't until a breakthrough in Elisa Claps's case that the murder of Heather Barnett would finally be solved. Almost 20 years after her disappearance, 
Elisa Claps's remains were discovered in the attic of the Church of the Holy Trinity in March 2010 by roof builders. A strand of the young woman's hair had been cut and placed near her hands. Elisa's body had also been mutilated. After Italian police contacted British police, the prosecutor finally decided that the evidence against Danilo Restivo was sufficient for prosecution. During the trial that took place in the town of Winchester, England, in May 2010, it was proven that Danilo's initial alibi wasn't as airtight as it was first thought. Digital forensic experts showed the jury that there was no user activity on his computer between 9.08am and 10.10am. The jury also got to hear evidence against Danilo in the case of Elisa Claps and the similarities between the two murders, including the aspect of the hair fetish and the fact that DNA recovered from Elisa's clothes Match Danilo. In the end, after five hours of deliberation, Danilo Restivo was found guilty of murdering Heather Barnett. He was initially sentenced to life in prison, but after an appeal, the minimum sentence was altered to 40 years. Still, it's more than likely that Danilo Restivo will never be released as the judge said quote, you are not to come out of prison again you are a recidivist a vicious, cold and calculating murderer who killed Heather in the same way as you killed Elisa Claps you deserve to be in prison for life to this day the question remains why wasn't the Church of Holy Trinity thoroughly searched when Elisa first disappeared? If her case had been solved back then, Heather Barnett would not have lost her life. Instead, it took almost 20 years, the murder of another woman and pure luck, to finally bring Danilo Restivo to justice. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. For credits, photos, sources and transcripts relating to today's episode, please visit www.truecrimebritain.com. If you enjoyed this episode, I would really appreciate it if you could please leave a positive review for True Crime Britain on your listening platform. This really helps the show to be found by others. I'll be back next Wednesday with a brand new episode. And until then, as always, stay safe. If you are affected by any of the content featured in today's episode, 
please see the show notes or visit www.truecrimebritain.com where you can find links to further support. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.